Welcome to the Kingdom Mandate. Join us each Saturday as we share empowering and equipping messages that reflect on the Kingdom of God according to His sovereign will for mankind to remain in His covenant order. Get your clarion call and follow us on Blog Talk Radio, Kingdom Empowerment, Inc. Donna Ganey, 
and I am the host. And we, uh, again, thank you for listening in to our program. We have been talking about the signs of the last days for the last few weeks. Uh, We were coming out of Matthew 24, and we jumped into Revelations to make some clarifications uh, of what the tribulations would look like according to Jesus' prophetic word in Matthew 24. So we invite you to go back and listen to those uh, prior messages so that you can be uh, kingdom empowered. We all want to do that uh, in this hour, and we also want to be equipped and empowered by his word because that is the driving force that will keep us. Um, So we want to jump right on in to Matthew 25 where we're talking about um, preparedness is mandated, is a mandate for God, and um, we, we will see this uh, through Matthew 25, 1 through 13, as I read. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with with him to to the marriage. And the door was shut. Afterwards, came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch, therefore, ye know neither the day nor the hour where the Son of Man cometh. Uh, There's a lot of meat off in that uh, parable that the Lord uh, gave at that time, and it's also relevant for this time. And we're going to share uh, what the Lord have given us. Now, uh, remember, we are looking in the natural and the spiritual on um, when we are uh, speaking. So we're speaking from a dimensional angle as what the Lord have given us according to the word of God. So I want to ask Minister uh, Belinda, please share what the Lord have given you in uh, Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, regarding bridesmaids meeting the bridegroom, and we have 10 here um, that are virgins, Um, not untainted. All of them are untainted because they're virgins, Um, and they took their lamps. Um, Five of them had oil. Five of them did not. Five were wise. Five were foolish. What did the Lord give you um, in this message? Well, there's several aspects that the Lord is saying. And this is like, this is the word of God, but it's a parable too. You know, and uh, like you said, it's it's uh, it's uh, a pliable 
from past to present. You know, if you go back to Noah, there was a preparation. Uh, and then the door to the uh, the boat was sealed. Okay, there was a cry that went out of preparation for them to get ready, but they didn't, and then God sealed it up. Okay, so now we see five wise and five foolish virgins. Why did God call five wise and five foolish? Five prepared. You know, the Lord said he's coming back for his church. The groom will come for the bride. The groom is, the groom is Jesus. Excuse me, groom is Jesus. The bride is the church, us. Okay, so these these two, five, uh, ten virgins represent the church. And they were untainted. Uh, God says he comes for a church that's without spot or wrinkle. So there was preparation that they had to do. They had to have the oils, you know, filled. And they had it to be, their lamps had to be filled with oil. And then their wick had to be trimmed. Well, five were ready. Five were not. So the five asked the others, well, give us your, you know, some of your oil. They said, no. They had enough to be ready. So they told them, no, at least we're not ready. You go by. So what happens when we're not prepared? They weren't prepared. They went to go find the oil and buy it. By the time they got back, the groom had already come. And he had taken those that were ready, his bride, and gone into the, the, the chamber and he shut it. He shut the door. So when they came back, they tried to get it entered in, but they couldn't. You could, uh, this is another representation of uh, Revelation. The Lord is going to make a cry, you know, and he's made a cry through the, you know, through the years and the centuries. And then now, and when I say the centuries, I'm saying they were different. They were different cries. But they're all, you could all connect them. They have a similarity. A word was given. A way of preparation was given. But those that heard received those that heard and did not take it to heart did not receive it. And he called the ones that weren't prepared wise. Because he called the other ones that weren't foolish. It's foolish not to hear God. It's foolish not to take the instructions. It's foolish not to be prepared. We are the church. Those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And he says, those that have an ear, you know, to listen. Those that have an eye, see. But if we have ears that are closed and eyes that can't see, we won't be ready. Some of us will be ready. And some of us won't. And that's what I got. You know, it's over, it's over. You know, even the prophecies that went forth, you know, everything, this is another word that's going to come forth. When they prophesied of Jesus coming, the Messiah, 
That was years before Jesus came. If that revelation was given. But didn't Jesus come? So here we go, another one is being given. It's our decision if we'll be the wise or we'll be the foolish. And that's what I got, uh, Sister Donna. Reverend Donna. Amen. What a blessing. Um, surely enough, every absolutely everything that you said is true. Um, you know, I think uh, sometimes we can get caught up in the everyday uh, cares of life and forget about uh, that we need to remain in covenant and be prepared for the coming of our Lord and Savior, which is very port- important in this hour because we see uh, there are things in the Bible that are coming to pass and also, too, the Lord reveals certain things to us uh, by what we should know that uh, there is a time that we need to quicken and become more uh, prepared, more faithful, more closer in covenant, uh, more diligent about reading the word of God, more diligent in prayer, um, more so because we uh, tend to become lax. And forget about things, even in our just everyday um, toils, toils of life. We we wake up; it's, it's so systematic. We get up, we do repetitive things, and uh, oftentimes they're so repetitive we still forget about opening up the Bible and reading it. Uh, we we get into a consistent pattern of doing things um, that are uh, self-sabotaging in the way that, uh, for instance, I know my car is low on gas coming home from work. I'll wait until in the morning and uh, go get gas. And, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning, you're in a rush to get to work, and and you just don't have time to stop and get that gas. Um, These are things where uh, the basic things of life that we don't prepare, how much more is it going to be the same as we prepare for the coming of our Lord and Savior? If we don't become conscious, if we don't become awake, allow the awakening to set into our soul, into our spirit, that we are alive in Christ Jesus, we will sleep. We will slumber on everything. So we have to wake up and develop some consistency in our lifestyle some consistency in our uh, uh, time that we spend with God, some consistency on, you know, every manner of acts that we take throughout life, we need to be awakened in it and not slumber in it. We have to wake up in this hour. Uh, Minister Gloria, please share what the Lord have given you in um, the Matthew 25 where we're talking about the ten bridesmaids. You know, this passage is uh, it is so rich with so much. There, there are so many key words in here that we could just uh, we could uh, make a list out of every word. <laughs> um, but overall, you know, there are these uh, these ten virgins uh, that are they're talking about, and um, and it, the group is divided five and five. Five are called foolish, and five are called wise. And basically, we're talking about them being either not prepared or being prepared, and what that meant to them. What did it entail? 
and uh, eventually what were the consequences of being prepared or not being prepared. And uh, the, the passage is making this contrast throughout, um, but it's talking about how and why were they not prepared and uh, how and why were, were they prepared. And um, what we're, what we're going to see here is uh, really the characteristics of the foolish and the characteristics of the wise. And it's interesting that they're called virgins. You know, all of them are called virgins, which means that they were all qualified at some point to become married to to the bridegroom. Um, but in the end, we're going to see what happens, those uh, that were not ready and those that were ready. But at the, at the beginning of this passage, they were all qualified as they were all called virgins, uh, meaning that uh, they had the potential to become married. So I, I just want to start off with that. And as we go along, I, I'm hoping that we can build on that and uh, uh, see where it goes from here. But there are so many words that I, I just want to take a one word at a time, one concept at a time, and just build on it a little bit. Amen. Amen. So let's let's look back at this again. It says, "Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins." I totally agree with you. Yes, that um, these ten virgins—they, you know—that word "virgin" again is it, a sense of purity, uh, not being tainted, not bonded with any other uh, entity out there. Just uh, just playing out like um, uh, probably similar to what uh, I would say bond servants, which took their lamp, but so uh, means to tell me that there's something about the vessel, uh, something about the vessel that is holding the oil um, that that uh, is being left out, um, that they're not understanding that you must replenish the lamp, that you must. Uh, continue to keep that lamp alive and lit at all times because um, you know not the hour uh, when the Lord is coming. And he said, and went forth to meet the bridegroom, and five of them were wise and five were foolish. So let's let's start right there uh, with that one sentence. Um, Sister Jacqueline, share what the Lord have given you in that area. Good morning, everyone. What has been coming to me in regards to this that um that some were that they were all first of all they were all ten virgins and five were wise and five were foolish that the it, the Lord is sharing shared with me that they were all of righteousness. You know, they were um sometimes you look at the world, you know, you have your your saved people that believe that, you know, what they're doing and how they're living, you know, that they're going to a place in in the kingdom, and when um, they realized that the bride has come, the sound was made, and then they proceeded to go, but they realized that their lamps were out because they didn't do their due diligence, and then they turned around and they asked of the wise virgins, give us some of your oil, and then responding by no, you know, go and get your own because if we give you ours, then we won't have 
which was a wise decision because it wouldn't make sense to share with them if they all be walking in the darkness. So with that being said, and then when they come as the, 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 the wise proceeded to into the wedding and the door was shut and then the, the, the five foolish, they did go and get some oil. So now they seem to be prepared, but it's too late because the door was shut. And when the bridegroom came and he opened the door and he said to them, they were asking, let us in. And he says, I know you not. So with all of their righteousness and all of their their uh, so-called, I'm sure, their behavior, they saved themselves, they were virgins. And with all of that being said, they still were not able to get in. And, and uh, the bridegroom said to them, I know you not. So that in, in itself for me is just saying that with all, all that we can do, we still yet have to be focused and prepared on what God is calling us to do and not lazy and not lazy and not having to go. You're not going to have the time to go back and catch up, so to speak. So that's what the Lord has said to me. Interesting enough, let's. I want to read um, what the strong uh, concordance has said has to say about uh, virgin. This word virgin there, which is uh, parthenos, parthenos, and and it's spelled P-A-R-T-H-E-N-O-S. So there's three different their definitions for the strong, um, uh, and it says a virgin a marriageable mating, a woman who never had sexual intercourse with a man, one marriageable a daughter, a man who has abstained from all uncleanliness and whoredom, attendant on idolatry, and so has kept chastity, one who has never had intercourse with a, uh, with a woman, well, I guess it's looking at it, it is from a man or a woman. Um, but we can also say that uh, they're talking about the bride, which is the church, the uh, Christ, the ones that say that they're Christians. Um, and we have uh, the Christians on that are foolish and the Christians that are wise. And he's reflecting on ten. Um, individuals. He's only reflecting on 10. So when we look at this, um, when we're talking about a lamp, what does a lamp do? It holds the oil. What is the oil? Um, anointing or Holy Spirit, um, the uh, uh, essence of man that that carries the, the Holy Spirit, which is in, I was in the throne of the heart, in the throne of the heart. So if it's not lit, what ignites? Uh, the Holy Spirit in us, what keeps the Holy Spirit alive in us that is going out, that, that they have ran out of, um, that that, revelate, that revelatory knowledge to keep them on fire with God, that they're ready and burning inside for his coming? Uh, Minister uh, Belinda, please. <clears throat> It's, it's everything that God says. You know, when he says, don't put your your, your light underneath a bushel, okay? And he tells us not to let uh, that light in us go dim. 
so what what is the light? The light is Jesus Christ and his word. What what is the oil? It's the essence of God. You know, uh it's it it's all of him. And 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 having that daily uh yes. food, that daily uh uh nourishment in our souls, you know, that builds that light and keeps it. You know, he said he came to give us life and life more abundant. He said that uh, greater that's in us than in the world. The world is a representation of darkness. We are a representation of light. Okay, so it's a diligence. You know, it's a, it's it's keeping it, you know, realizing that this is a serious thing, that you have to be ready at all times because we know not when the Lord's going to come. And, the, and being a virgin is being set apart, you know, being holy, not uh, uh, going after the things of darkness that will pollute us, that will cause us to be unclean, not touching the things that are life, not death. And I, I quoted something, uh, they all had oil, but some of them didn't have enough. So you, you're looking at... you. You can't give God a portion. You know, he says when he wants all of us, he's a jealous God. These are all revelations what God requires. So we can't fill our lamps with just a little and think that's sufficient. And what it says, he said that, uh, okay, on the first uh, verse, he said, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. So they had their lamps. And then on the second verse, it says, um, I'm not going to go to that one. It says, uh, uh, verse 3, and they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So they took their vessel, but they didn't put nothing in it. There was nothing in it. You know, it's the it's God is saying, uh, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto virgins. Okay, so he's it's, he's giving a parable. The kingdom is like a virgin. That means that he says he's coming with coming for his church without a spot and wrinkle. That means that we have to diligently. And I, I look at what he says and acquired. They all slumbered. Now, they all were asleep, but a cry went out. So that lets me know, even when you are walking in error, the Spirit of God will not have someone go blindly without a call or a uh, uh, a form of correction come out. Now, they all heard the cry. God can cry out to us, and we can hear it. People don't understand. Listening means when you take in being said, and you take it in, and you wisely discern. You wisely, wisely embrace it, and then you make it a part of you. You engraft what God has said, and it becomes a root. And the root is not easily taken. It's not easily moved. 
It's an awareness to to always hear the cry. You know, even this is so deep because even though we slumber, God will waken us up. He, he you could be in your bed, and I will waken you up if there's a danger or if there's something God wants to talk to you about. He will wake you up spiritually, naturally. He will give you a dream, a vision. And he's, he did it for these, these women. You know, oftentimes, um, Minister Belinda, you hear some people say that they have dreams, but then others say that they don't. And then you have, um, oftentimes you hear um, some people are, um, you know, they're on fire for God. You, you see the radiance, you can see the glow, you can see that they're functioning in the things of God and the Word of God is pure with them. Whereas mm-hmm. some say that there's an adulteration, there's a, a pervertedness to the Word, there's a, it's polluted or it's diluted. Um, and so um, I, I believe that there's a difference in the distinction um, when we talk about being awoke in the Lord as compared to being asleep um, in the spirit, soul, and body. When I'm talking about being asleep spiritually, um, someone mm-hmm. is not, someone not, cannot even hear the word of God. Uh, you may uh, speak the word of God in its purest aspect as Jesus did when he was in the earth, but some of them, they couldn't receive it. He said, my children shall hear my voice. They will hear my voice. So when he called, they heard his voice. All of them heard his voice. All of them got up, but it was something that was left out um, that did not allow that did not allow them to have entry to go behind that door with Jesus Christ, which is very serious because he allowed. Uh, so I believe that there's even more to this just uh, that because when we look at the closing of the door with the ark of Noah, mm-hmm. there was something about Noah that was surely distinct. When the door was closed upon them, there was something distinct that separated him from the rest of that crowd. Um, yeah, because well, well, you, you, yeah. You, you know, God can speak, but have you closed your ears? Have you become uh, hard-hearted? You know, have you not uh, uh, invested in God? They had part of their oil. But where was the rest of it? What was the difference between the ones that filled their 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 lamps and the ones that had it not full? They didn't have enough oil. I'm saying, you know, what makes us distinct by those that are willing to give? He said, "Hunger and thirst after righteousness." Now that's that's a commandment. But it's your choice if you're going to hunger or thirst. I think I think that they chose a to to disannul the cry. You know, they they made a decision that I'd rather have my flesh than have the spirit. I'd rather indulge in this than do this. 
Because when Noah made the cry, he made it for, what, 40 years? You know, it was a righteous cry. And why does God say, you know, have having ears but don't hear, having eyes but don't see? He's not talking about a natural thing. He's talking about a spirit thing. So what caused people? What caused people to shut their ears off? They shut their mm-hmm. eyes off. You hear what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. So. So what mm-hmm. happens with Revelation? It says that when he comes, after all these judgments have come, then he will come with no mercy, but wrath. Is God unjust? No. There's a process that will take place. So why would judgment come? Why would he come with He's going to come with his wrath. He's not coming with mercy and love. He's coming with the wrath. Mhm, mhm. And, and and listen to this again in number one. It says, "Then okay. shall the kingdom, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom." So they're already going. They have an awareness that the bridegroom is coming. Yeah. But it's saying, yeah, and. Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Foolish. And it's that it says there they that were foolish took their lamps and took oil with them. Um, Minister Gloria, let's let's look at this a little bit deeper because they already were aware that the bridegroom must be coming, that they went forth to meet the bridegroom, but all of a sudden it's like um two Five of them are wise and five of them are foolish. And they, the foolish, let's look at the foolish ones. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. How can it be? And why, you know, uh, is, it so, why is it so relevant to Jesus? That I mean, because this is very important. Why is it relevant to Jesus, not us? that they would have had oil with them. Let's talk around that and first starting with Minister Gloria. Well, you know, the very fact that they needed lamps indicates that they were going to be passing through some darkness. Why why else would they need lamps? This was gonna happen at night time, which is relevant, and they were gonna to have to pass through some darkness in order to even meet the bridegroom. It's not saying that they're not able to meet the bridegroom. These are all qualified to meet the bridegroom. But there's something that they're going to have to go through before they actually meet him. It's not just a matter of being there physically, but they're going to have to uh, go through this darkness, um, and they need to be ready with these lamps, and and not just have a lamp, but they need to have something to put in the lamp to light it up. And so it says that five of them were able to have a a, a lamp that was ready, and five, uh, the foolish ones, were not not able to have their lamps lit. So they had lamps, but they had no oil. So 
we have to ask then what what is this oil that made all the difference for them? Um, but in terms of meeting Jesus, you know, I, I want to go to verse Luke, I want to go to Luke 12, verse 30, 35 to uh, verses 35 to 38. And it says, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. It's not a matter of having a, the, just the lamp. You've got to, it's about having the lamp lit. And that's the significance. That's the, the difference here. All of them had lamps, but only five of them were able to light theirs because they had the oil necessary to light it. And the others did, the foolish ones did not. And so be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. Uh, and in Luke 12, 36, it says, be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. And who is it that's knocking for us? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Who is it? Uh, who we are wanting to return, Jesus. And who is it that we need to be ready for, for Jesus? Uh, in verse Luca 12 and 37, it says, Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and it's talking about the slave here. He will gird himself to serve. And gird means get ready. It, it be, be ready for it, to serve. And have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Whether he comes in the, uh, the second watch or even in the third and finds them. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry. In verse 37, it's talking about uh, Jesus when he says he will gird himself to serve. And uh, have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. So we have to be ready, and if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to be ready to serve. So those uh, uh, virgins, those uh, uh, virgins in verse uh, Matthew 25:1, they're not ready, even though they have a lamp, but their lamp is not ready. Uh, so that's uh, that's what that is talked about there. And then I just want to go to Revelations um, 8 and 10. Um, I'm sorry, Revelations uh, 19.7. It's 19.7. It says, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Uh, it, 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 here, it's time for the marriage and the bride has to be ready. It's not the time to now first go and get oil. In verse uh, 21 and 2, it says, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. Uh, and then in uh, Revelations 2 and 9, it says, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come here. I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. It doesn't say, you know, he's going to show a virgin that's getting ready. Hold on. Let's now make the bridegroom wait for the virgin who's still getting ready. No, the, 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 um, the um, bridegroom has to be ready. Uh, the uh, virgin has to be ready for the bridegroom. 
she ha- she has to do her preparation ahead of time and not at the last minute. And that that's the that's what the oil there means in in this verse Matthew twenty five one. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's good. I'm glad that you're sharing the scriptures that um, go along with it as well, which is wonderful. Um, let me hear uh, what do you have to say, because we also want to look at this in a deep uh, penetrating way. So when we say work, um, you brought out some of the things of in Revelations, um, in the book of Revelations of what um, they would might be performing, but we're talking about you know t- bridesmaids. When we talk about the bridesmaids, we're looking also in the perspective as it is the church. So, what um, has the Lord showed you in this? I'm sorry, Sister Jacqueline. Again, I can kind of um, just iterate kind of what uh, Minister Gloria said, being prepared, and um, the one thing really um, very important, as she said, just to keep your light always shining, just like we are we're to be the salt of the earth, and it says what, what good is when the salt getting ready for the kingdom of God, but always, is the Bible says, be ready, you always have to know the hour of the time for the kingdom of God is to return here, and we should always just, we have ready. We can't. It's the process of getting ready or about to get ready. We have and be Amen. Amen. I, I totally agree with you that we have to be prepared. But when we talk, I'm sure that there's someone out there that want to understand a little bit deeper about this, the lamp and, um, it, you know, about how to keep it lit because Maybe we might understand inside of us, but maybe someone out there that's listening may not understand what it's like uh, when a lamp is being lit. And I want to just read a little bit in um, Leviticus 6, and I'm reading from verse 8 through 13. Uh, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron, saying, This is the law of the burnt offerings. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night unto the morning. And the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches shall put on his flesh and take up the ashes with the fire which the fire hath consumed with the burnt offering in the altar, and he shall uh, put them beside the altar, and it shall put off his garments and put on other garments. He carry forth the ashes without without the camp unto a clean place, and the fire upon the altar shall be burning on in it, and shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon Upon it, and he shall burn, therefore, the fat of the peace offering, and the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Now, uh, there's a place also, too, in in um, the uh, Leviticus where it says about, talks about the oil and the, the lamps. Uh, they say it's mentioned as candles, but it's actually lamps 
in some Bibles it's mentioned as cam- uh, candles, but they didn't have those types of candles at that time. It was with burning, uh, with oil that they were using to burn it. And it said it must burn perpetually, meaning it should never go out. Um, so let's look a little bit deeper in this because there's someone out there that probably doesn't understand what we're talking about. If if they don't, uh, if they're not at, if they're not um, up to the level that that maybe some of us is, we need to break it down and give them that understanding. What is it like when a, uh, the lamp is burning inside of you? What is it like? And, and uh, I know some of you probably can identify with you that when the word is rhema, when it's alive, it's not logos. It's like you, you get a burning inside of you, a fire burning. Uh, the word of God has a relevance to this. Minister uh, Belinda. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> it's... it's uh... Excuse me. It's uh, when God's word you're you're reading it uh, and and it becomes alive. You know, God gives you a revelation. You know, it's it's when God connects it to you. Um, and, you know, it's it's black and white. Yes, and you read it. But without the spirit and the understanding given by God. It de- it doesn't become alive. It's just something you're reading, but when that rhema comes to you, when God's spirit comes to you, and then gives you full understanding, it's just like if you're going through something, and God gives you a, a revelation knowledge for that situation. So you're seeing God's word alive with power and manifesting answers. Manifesting deliverances, manifesting uh, breakthroughs. It's 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 powerful. It's it's like it burns inside of you, and it makes and when you experience something like that, it makes you understand how powerful, how divine, how real, and 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 it's a treasure to have God's word in you, and have it where you. Want to eat it? You want to keep it? Represents it as oil. It's like and it's burning. And he says, never let it go out. You never want to let it go out because you know how important it is to obtain, to sustain that, to keep it that fire burning, keep it alive in you, because it's all the things that you're gonna need. You know. And if you get sick, that rhema of healing that is in God's word, you know, if you're in a, a poverty, that God can take you out by his word and give you understanding how to maintain something. You're no longer uh, uh, perishing because you have knowledge, the knowledge and wisdom of God. You know, and if we don't have that in us, we're 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 um, we're walking around in like a wilderness and not knowing what direction to go. We have no answers. We have no hope. And there's something significant when he said to them back then, 
to, to bring them offerings. You know, offering, we no longer need that kind of offering. Our offering is our life, the, the, our love, our, our whole being to God. Placing our, our whole spirit on that altar and saying, Lord, I'm willing to make the sacrifice that you say to make is, is accepting Jesus Christ. All of this is connected. You know, wanting to walk that life, wanting to have all the substance in you. It's 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 God's word is not dead, powerful. It's marrow to your bone. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's what keeps you your spirit man alive. And when they said never let it go out, let it burn continuous that's why God tells us never let it go out. And I hope I explain that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it, 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 you have, you have to have it. You, 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 some people are walking around in desperate situations and desperate cries and they're not realizing the the substance is only found at the, at the cross. It's only found at the feet of Jesus Christ. And there's a difference when it's just black and white and it is rhema. There's a difference. If I hold this Bible in my hand all my life and never get to that place, I have I'm long I'm lacking. It has to be alive. This word has to come alive. I don't know if I answered that enough, Donna, but that's Yes, you did. I know that, and I, I, I know that oh, through yeah. experience. You know. Amen. Amen. And it's very good, too. Very good revelatory knowledge. And um, one of the things I also want to point out, okay, so um, everything that God had uh, the Israelites to do was what was in the heavens. Just as they built the ta- tabernacle, um, yes. everything... And so that he could come in and dwell with them. A dwell with them. That's what we have. Yes. Yes. And God in us now, because we're the tabernacle. We're the temple. Yes. We're the, we're the yes. Mm-hmm. yes. 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 And so we cannot keep it burning and we cannot bring that sacrifice any kind of way. We cannot just uh, hold uh, actually... Uh, things outside of us when he is in us and with us. We have to begin to be transformed and renewed into his likeness. And when we, when the heart is hardened um, or when uh, uh, there's reprobate or when there's sedition or rebelliousness to the things of God, and and most of the time it would be that way if, if you feel you cannot pick up the word of God and read it. Um, you don't want to hear anything about God. Uh, you don't want to even hear worship songs. You just it, it just irritates you. Um, that's you. You are moving away from the things of God. You're separating away. So um, maybe these um, individuals uh, that they were they were were virgins again. They were. 
like newborn babes in in Christ. They were walking in the, in the uh, as a babe. Or oh, what I'm saying, not I don't want to say like as a baby as drinking milk, but I'm talking impurity um, to where they were ready to enter into the promises of God, and they knew that the time was coming. It didn't say someone came and warned them. They just automatically got up to go and meet the bride, the bridegroom, knowing that he was coming. But it says ten were wise. So let's talk about what what is continue to talk about the wise side now. Um, you brought out some of the things that they probably had with them, that revelatory knowledge, that that uh, rhema word, and they were willing to go off in it and to receive what the Lord had for them. Uh, Minister Glory, share your uh, what the Lord is giving you in that area about the wise. In terms of this, you know, uh, when we have knowledge, we, uh, you can think about the, like, academic knowledge. You have textbook, and you can read it, and you get all this knowledge in your head, you've got it. But if you don't apply it at some point, then uh, that's where the, there's a lack of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to apply the knowledge that we have. And so how do we relate this back to these virgins who have oil and don't have oil, because that's, that's really, uh, in, in terms of their wisdom, that's, this, this parable shows uh, it, it's using this oil and the, the ability to be prepared. And that's where the wise ones, uh, they were prepared with their oil, but the ones who were not wise uh, didn't have the oil. So I, again, it, it, it takes us back to what, this great significance of this oil well, how are they able to apply the oil? Um, you know, the oil has uh, it has so many uses uh, in the physical world. When we think about it in the physical world, we think of oil as uh, it, it's used for protection. It's used for medicinal uh, purposes. Uh, oil can be used to, to soothe uh, as a soothing agent. Uh, it's effective for making perfumes and certain certain uh, beautiful certain types of odors and uh, uh, perfumes. Um, it, it's used in ointments, uh, all all kinds of ointments. Uh, ointments can be applied to the body. They can be applied to the clothing. Uh, they can be applied to other personal uh, other personal things. Um, and oils are also used in associations. In the, in the Old Testament, um, when Aaron's sons were being uh, consecrated, they, they put oil on them and they consecrated them. Um, or when kings you know, were being announced, uh, the prophet, for instance, when he went to David, he anointed him with oils. And uh, it, it gave him the association uh, to the, his future kingship. Um, sometimes oils are made of certain types of ingredients. For instance, they can put cinnamon in them. They can put acacia. They can put all kinds of olive oils. And even those have uh, spiritual significance. All these are the richness of the spices uh, and what they're used for. Um, Oils can be used for hospitality. Sometimes uh, in, the, in the old uh, ancient tradition, sometimes they would, if uh, they uh, had a guest, they would take a comb 
that had oil in it, and they would put it on the head of the guest, and the oil would drip over the, the guest, and it showed hospitality. Uh, it showed respect and honor. So we think about the oils as, as you know, it has such rich meaning to it. Uh, but when there was time of mourning, there was no anointment. Uh, it, during times of mourning, oils uh, uh, were not used on the body. Uh, sometimes we can say today, you know, sometimes when the people go to a funeral, they get dressed in black or they won't put on makeup or, you know, they put a, a veil on their head and they put on, they don't put on that fancy hairdo or makeup, but they, they dress down. And in, in the uh, older times, people did not put oils on during times of mourning. And also the absence of oil could also indicate a, uh, a, a time of judgment. Uh, remember in, in the book of um, Jonah, the people of Nineveh put on sackcloth. Uh, it was not a time for oils. Oils uh, indicate a time of joy and gladness and the, 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 the flowing of the oil. But when Nineveh mourned, they put on sackcloth. They took off their, their crowns and they, uh, they, it was a time of mourning. So oils definitely indicate a richness. And, uh, and when we talk about in, in the spirit, uh, we're talking about the, the beautiful things of the spirit, the righteousness, the holiness, uh, the anointing of the Lord. Um, we're talking about the, the fruit of the spirit. You know, we, we talk about, we, we uh, think about all the abundance of the Holy Spirit poured out as an oil uh, and the virgins that had the oil, like the significance of here, these virgins that had oil, if you have the oil, then you can use it. But if you don't have it, you can have a really nice lamp to hold it in, but the important thing to be held is the oil. So if they don't have the oil, then they're definitely not ready. And if you think spiritually of us, we need to have all the fruit of the Spirit formed in us. We, have, we need to be in the Word of God. We need to be in the Spirit. We need to have Christ close. It says, draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. And so if we're not drawn near to the Lord, you know, we, we don't get that pouring forth of the Holy Spirit upon us and all that the Holy Spirit puts into our lives and the anointing, the protection, the blessings of God uh, the word of God, that all the richness, and we would not be ready. And if we don't have that in us, then how can we pour it out again? Because we're like a vessel. He pours it all in, and we pour it out, and he pours it all in again, pours it out. You know, continuously, there is a change. You know, we can't keep pouring out the same old wine, the same old wine. God wants to pour new wine into us, but we have to be a ready wineskin, a new wineskin. We have to be ready to hold everything that God is pouring in, and then we pour it out, and he pours more. We're a vessel that's constantly being uh, used. We are a servant of the Lord, and so we can't apply, which is what wisdom is, we can't apply anything that we don't have. And 
this is a significance of the oil, and this is a significance of being the wise, the wise one that has the oil, the, the foolish one that doesn't have the oil, it doesn't have anything, any anointing of the Lord. Amen? Mm. Wow, that's pretty, that's good information. Um, to Jacqueline. Yeah. Can we talk about what it's actually like to be prepared to have the lamp, um, you know, be carrying the lamp because the lamp is being carried. It's not like it's a in the uh, physical thing where we take a lamp and we're holding it outside. I would think it's a part of the vessel, and uh, the oil is poured off into it, and then it is lit. It is ignited. Let's talk about what is it like to be a carrier of that oil, because David said uh, that in Psalms one, I want to say one nineteen one oh five, he says that the lamp, the word of God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And you know, we have other scriptures in the Bible, and you know, just looking again at Leviticus twenty four. Again, we're talking about the lamp, but in the spiritual, we know that it's a vessel that is carrying oil, and it must be a sense of anointing in that oil that's producing something, producing fruit, producing something outside. Um, We know that it must be connected to the vine, um, obviously, because it's a mandate, um, the vine Jesus Christ. So let's look at this again. Then in 24, verse 1, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring to your to you pure oil or pressed olives for the light. Make the lamp burn continually. Outside the veil of the testimony, in the tabernacle of the meeting, Aaron shall be in charge of it from evening until morning. Before the Lord continually, it shall be a statute forever in your generation. And he shall be in charge of the lamps on their pure gold lampstand before the Lord continually. Now, uh, it's arranged in, in a set order. It's put in an order that's supposed to be likened to that which is in heaven. So we're talking about that the lampstand is in the tabernacle, um, and it's supposed to be burning perpetually all the time. It should never go out. Um, What does it look like to someone? How can we illustrate that and get that off across to our audience, that what it's like to be a carrier um, of that oil with the lamp, and as he said, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, Sister Jacqueline, um, it's really it's it's really um, about your your walking and having a relationship with Christ. It is it, it's, it's a matter of your heart. That um that's what the Lord has given me as you were speaking about that um in the prior scripture. There's a prior to the the um, scripture with the wise and the foolish versions. It also talks about the faith in the wise servant, and and it's yeah. a matter. It's 
the matter of the heart of you when that you, your relationship with God is not something that you can up today and put down and then pick back up when you're ready. They had, they all had their lamps, but the unborn didn't take oil with you. Like you said, it's something you carry with you. You carry with you to be prepared because if the light has to burn all night long, there has to be something um, that you have with you that is, is part of the person that can replenish the oil. If it's to go out and your lamp is a vessel that you're putting the oil in and you're carrying it with you, what happens when the, the oil does, when it burns out? Just like the cares of life, you know, we go along times and things happen and you can have a rough day at work, but what do you turn back to? Where, where do you get your oil from or what takes you to the oil? even so that you can replenish yourself, that you can pick your and move on because your light, your the light has to continually be burning and it never goes out. And that's just like the light of your life. It has to continually burn. So there has to be some connection you constantly keep, you know, that you constantly stay connected. And if you're if you you have a heart after God and your desire is to will really walk uprightly before the Lord, your light never burns out. You can miss a step or two, but it never goes out completely. It can get dim, as they said, that when the the, wise, the unwise had said to the um, to the wise that their lights were, the, the oil in their lamps are going out. It says are going out. Not that they went out completely, but they were going out, and they want they needed oil to replenish to keep it to keep it constantly burning. Because there is a possibility that the the light can become dim at some point. With that being said, you know, with the the cares of the world, that your light is a little dim, but it can never go out, and you have to constantly. So that is what was said to me when I when I think about that in terms of. Um, the oil and in the lamp, it's it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a part, it's a part of, part, and you gotta always you, you carrying your oil with you. Like David said, your your the the words, the words mm-hmm. is like a lamp on my feet and a light unto my pathway. The words that I hide in my heart that I might not sin against God. It's yeah. a continual. It's, it's a continual relationship. And filling up your oil and constantly being prepared and ready, because like you said, now we're in this world. We're in this world, and that, and we are the vessels. We are the vessels that the oil must be carried in. So that's what the Lord has given to me. In that, thank you. Amen. Absolutely, um, Minister Linda. What does it look like if you know? I know mostly everyone or should. Most likely, every one of us have cooked with oil before. Um, what happens when oil is mixed with water or um, other elements? Um, and, you know, us having to have that pure oil um, in us, not just any kind of oil. We're talking about pure oil because, look, they told them to go out and buy from another source because they didn't keep their oil, the oil in the vessel, and nor was their lamps lit. 
So what happens if you go out and you get oil that is tainted, oil that has water mixed in it or other elements that are not pure and that is not uh, aligned with God's will or his sovereign will for man? Minister Belinda. Minister Belinda, are you still there? Maybe you're on mute. I had to put it on mute. I'm sorry. My son came in. Um, I had my eyes closed and was listening to each individual so I could get what the Spirit is saying through them. And as I was sitting here, the Lord had me go to oil. And it was cooking oil. And then you said that. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the revelation I got. You know, when we cook, I'm going to use a natural thing and I'm going to take it to the Spirit. When we're frying chicken or any form of frying, we get oil, and it has to be clean oil. Okay, and you have cheap oil, and then you have good oil. Cheap oil doesn't cook as good. It doesn't burn. It does. It burns quicker. It doesn't. It's not good. It's, it doesn't make your product good. Okay, but when we put pure oil in the frying pan. That first batch just fries up so good. But as it gets, the the pieces of uh, flour fall off, you know, and it mm-hmm. makes a residue. We may we can probably, we got to watch how it gets hot again, and then we cook it. But after a while, it won't cook it right. They have to switch over the oil. You have to get rid of that and then get some more oil, clear oil. Okay, so... We take this in a natural form. When the example was given, and it said about the Lord, the Lord is a is a light unto my feet, and a light in my pathway. Okay, that's when you you can you have ask God. You put Him in your heart. You have to have a heart to want to have God direct your feet. You know, make your feet as a light, and then your pathway be lit. That's God directing you into the light, and the light is prosperity and the fullness, okay? There's no darkness, no residue in it. It, 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 it directs you to all things that are of God. Now, we go to the example that was given about putting new wine. But the scripture says, how can God put new wine in the old vessel? We are the vessel. And there is a constant change, a constant renewing, a constant cutting away, a constant manifesting. You can take that back to the scripture when God says, if a man builds a house, he builds it in vain. But God is the builder of the house. He's the carpenter. So we are going to be renewed. We're going to be cut away. There's things as we move forward in the direction of God. But if you're taken, you have to have that old vessel gone. It has to be destroyed. And a new bottle has to be made, and new wine can be poured in it. Okay. If you take a lamp 
and and you put the oil, uh, a clear, pure oil will burn for a long time. And oil that has residue in it will not burn the same way. And the residue can actually stop the light from burning. The wick will go out. Oil was constantly put back into those vessels when it burnt. They didn't let it go out because they needed, they put more in it. This is an example. I'll use an example. I'm going in a, God's telling me, move forward in another direction. But he comes and he says, now, you're going to have to lay down your traditions that you have learned. I want to do a new thing in your life. Amen. But you can't take the old with you because it's an old bottle. They won't coincide. Your light will burn effectively because the old will try to kill the new. Mm-hmm. If God says, you no longer, I'll, I'll, this is a place that I gave you. Now I prepare another place. So whatever God has given you, and he comes and says, okay, I'm changing the format. You have to be willing to change and go in that direction and allow God to put the new oil in you, the new direction. You can't say, well, I've learned this, Lord, and this is effective. How come you're changing because he's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the builder of the house. Hallelujah. We have to move in that new direction. We're leaving all of that behind that God says no longer will it be useful. You, if you take it with you, it's like taking polluted oil and trying to put it. Uh, he wants to give you new wine, and you're still holding on to an old bottle. Mhm. Amen. Amen. You know, and, we and don't, then yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and, and we, I just wanted, huh. I, I just wanted to add on to what um, Sister Jacqueline said as well. She said the Lord is is a light, and and that's that's absolutely true. The Lord is our light. Psalms twenty seven one. The Lord. Is my light and my salvation? Who shall I fear? But the Bible yeah. also the also the Bible also tells us that the Word of God is spirit. The Word of God alone is spirit, and it is life. So we need God's Word um, to keep reproducing. You know, because every time when you get a revelation from God, He said, "Without vision, we perish." Which, which is revelation, without knowledge, we perish. Without wisdom, we perish. Without understanding, we perish. Those are all quoted in the Bible. So we have to take understanding on what is what is the lamp, what is the oil, what is it, uh, what is the Holy Spirit, what is God saying that, it is, and how does it function in us as we carry it? What is the importance of it being pure? Um, because remember this, 
despised, brought, foolish bride money, they said to go and buy. So where were they getting their oil from? Were they getting it directly from the source, which is the father, or were they dependent on outside sources to buy from? Uh, Sister um, uh, Minister Gloria, please share what the Lord has given you in, uh, um, in response to that uh, question. Why would they go out and why are they telling them to go out and buy it? Why didn't they keep it warning? Well, earlier we had, we had talked about how all, all the uses of this oil, you know, the uh, the external uses. We, we mentioned the medicinal and the uh, perfumes and all this. Um, mm-hmm. There are those that carry the oil, that have the oil. And for, for us today, how, how do we look at this oil? You know, there, there are some that wear, that, that they're in the church, but they're in the church in a very superficial way. You know, sometimes churches can offer a lot. You know, and it's true uh, that people have all kinds of different needs. And they can come to a church looking to fulfill a certain need. You know, maybe, they, maybe they need a class on finances and the church offers those kinds of classes and maybe they want to play a musical instrument or they want to learn how to sing and the church has a choir and they can learn how to sing. And some people just need some friends. They need some place to hang out, you know, uh, and uh, they, they can find some friends in church. You know, there's a lot the church offers. But even being in church, they can miss the real purpose of why the church is there and what the body of Christ is about. And it's really about drawing close to the Lord. It's about seeking God. And not just the hand of God, but the face of God, the heart of God, drawing, drawing close to the heart of God and to develop our own heart to be a, to be a person after the heart of God. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, it's about a devotion to Christ. And for those people that have the oil and they're ready, they got a lamp, but they got oil because they've been exercising. You know, the, the, they they've been attaining this oil over a period of time. And now they're here, and they're ready. There are those that they want to be there. They, 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 they show up, but there's no oil. There's nothing in their heart, really, for the Lord. And so here these wise virgins are saying to them, well, go out and buy some. You know, uh, go, go, go get some. Uh, and out. You know, to me, that represents having to go back into the world uh, for, for these that are foolish. They're out there searching, and they're never getting ready, really. And they come into the church, and they're empty. Their heart is empty. Their minds are empty. Their heart is never transformed. Their minds are never renewed in Christ. And so they're there. They show up, but they're not really partaking of what's happening with the body, with the rest of the body of Christ. Um, there's no real interest for the Lord. Um, there's a, a hypocrisy. There's um, 
an insecurity. You know, a pure oil doesn't. It's pure because it's not. Uh, it, it's not full of hypocrisy. It's not full of insecurity. It's. It doesn't have a mixed motive to it. Um, it it's not a, a a mixture of different interests. The heart that is pure for the Lord is centered on Christ. Its mind is centered on Christ. Its heart is centered on Christ. Its strength, all of it, everything about it is centered on Christ. And that's how we have to be. We are, wait, we are waiting and getting ready now for our bridegroom, who is Christ. And we're going through a period of darkness now. And if you're going to make it through the darkness, if you're going to make it through the night, it says joy, the Bible says joy comes in the morning. But if you're going to make it through the night to the morning, if you're going to endure, if you're going to persevere, if you're going to be long-suffering through this night, because there are some things that are going to happen through the spiritual night, you have got to have enough oil in your lamp. And the only way that you're going to have oil in the spiritual lamp is that you've got to be one with the Holy Spirit of God who continually pours in. And as you go through the night, this oil is going to be being poured out through the night, poured out, but he's going to replenish. It has to be the Holy Spirit that you allow to replenish. If you have a heart that has all kinds of mixed interests, you're going to be distracted. You're going to be out there all kinds of other things, and you're not going to be continually being poured into by the Holy Spirit because you've given yourself to other things. Mm-hmm. And since we don't know when the Lord is coming back, if you're out there not getting continually replenished mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit, you may be caught, and all of a sudden the Lord comes back and you're not ready. So our, our interests have to be undivided, our attention undivided, our heart undivided. It has to be for the Lord continuously, intentionally, and uh, in an uninterrupted way, consistently. And then we will be ready because we don't know the hour of the day or the day when the Lord comes back. So if, if you stay with focused on the Lord... And not so much seeking the hand of God. Because I, I promise you, he'll pour it out to you. He'll pour out to you. All of your need, he will meet your need. But seeking the face of God, the heart of God, to know Amen. God, then you will be ready. Amen? Amen. That's good. I love that. Um, bless the Lord. Um, Sister Jacqueline, you know, the Bible tells us in John uh, 6, I'm just going to read verse 63 for now. It says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Um, Sister Jacqueline, what would you like to say um, as our final thoughts to the body of Christ? What is their solution to not being the five foolish bride, bride made, but being the wise ones? 
where they do make it behind, where we do make it behind the door. And again, we're talking about the bride uh, to the bridegroom. Jesus Christ is the bridegroom, and the bride is the church. It is not, um, uh, we are the body of Christ, we are the church. Sister Jacqueline. To that, Dr. Ghani, first and foremost, I would say to um, anyone who has not yet accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior, to somehow do so, um, even if it's um, picking up a Bible, because most Bibles will have a prayer at the back leading you into salvation, or in fact going to Romans um, 10 and verse 9 and confessing it first with your mouth, believing it. First of all, I would say believing it most of all in your heart because you got to believe that you need a Savior and you need to be saved in this world. Confess it with your heart. And, and from there, move forward into finding a church that you could possibly attend that can continue to feed you because now the church becomes that you want to put in your vessel so that you can continue, your light can, if you, once your light is lit, it can continue to shine. But you must first light your lamp by receiving Christ as your Lord and your Savior and continue to keep your lamp lit by connecting yourself with a Bible-believing and teaching ministry. And with that being said, then you can continue your process of being sanctified. Lord, first is an acceptance that you God will give to you. He will grant that to you if you desire it. And then it's the process that you yourself to the vine continue to keep your oil filled in your lamp because now you become the vessel, the lamp. And the word of God is going to be that light of that lamp that you can continue to have lit light if that is your heart's desire. But that would be the thing that I would tell anyone to, first of all, get connected get connected, give yourself to the Lord, accept Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, and let him rule over your life and rest, rule, and abide within you. Amen. 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 And uh, I want to open up the phones. We do have some callers on the line with us. If you have any prayer requests or have any insights that you would like to add to our our topic for today, Preparation is mandated, and we've been reading out of Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, talking about the ten virgins. Uh, call the lines are open. If you have any prayer requests or insights, please state your name and where you're calling from. And if you like to remain anonymous, that's fine, too. Just let us know where you're calling from. Uh, hello. Uh, this is Greg from Pennsylvania. Hello, Greg. How are you this day? Oh, I'm good. I called in whenever I saw the topic. Uh, I remember it just kind of brought up some things. I was uh, thinking about this uh, scripture uh, maybe the last month or two and some of the things that I went through in the ministry and what, what it brought to my mind was we had, I had a ministry with some people uh, a long time ago when I was a lot younger and uh, we met pretty faithfully about three times a week for prayer. In the light of that scripture, I would say that during that time because there was a small group of committed people uh, you were able to give generously into that ministry plus 
you know, as a group to travel to different conferences and things like that. So you were able to give into, you know, the ministry that's feeding you plus really invest in yourself and invest in that oil. And I think part of that oil is, you know, it's the passion. And what happened was, of course, being young, and I don't know if uh, some of the older people that were there knew either, but you eventually, whenever you, you're that committed to prayer, God will tell you to step out into the ministry. It just it just happens. You can't pray that much with people and not get off, not get a word like that. But sometimes we don't mm-hmm. operate in wisdom. Mm-hmm. And what what happened is, whenever I see the uh, five wise virgins and then the five foolish that want the oil. Okay, uh, what I would see is, would be like, when we were transferring, what happened was, you know, certain people after they see a prayer, prayer meetings and God moves, some of them say, wow, you know, you got all this power now. And they start to think about how they can transfer some of that enthusiasm upon their lukewarm relatives. So mm. then... You end up taking, instead of faithfully praying three days a week, two days a week, and you're having one lukewarm service. You know, and some people might try to justify it, saying maybe this will bring some money into the church, you know, to fulfill God's plan. You know? So, I mean, now you're starting to drink yourself out. Yeah. And where you were really flowing with God, and I was young. And uh, now all of a sudden, the same people that are encouraging you are trying to throw a wet blanket on you because they want you to operate in a certain way around their relatives. And then you got confusion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes on down a hill. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, when you have a committed service, you're not spending that money. Your tithes and offerings aren't being spent on you getting fed. You're spending your tithes and offerings on the fullest version to uh, create amenities in the church to make them want to come. So I think that was enough said for today. But I can mm-hmm. see how you can get trained out trying to help people when you start replacing, you know, it that it might have worked out if, uh, you know, if you can get, if, a, if God moves on some people to really donate, and you can keep up the prayer, and then instead of maybe you going to conferences, you're bringing the conferences to you, you might be able to keep the fire going. But uh, yeah. when you're using your own resources just to minister and to do a lot of work for people that just don't care, you know, and mm. they want to maybe, then, then you're, then you're going to drain yourself out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's, that's a that's a good way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. That that's an excellent way of looking at it, Greg. I'm I'm loving what you're saying. It makes uh, it is wisdom. Um, what you're saying, it, it it's true that you can become uh, worn out and drained um, trying to preach uh, or share the word of God in this in the truth and spirit. 
and um, you have, uh, it's just like they people will be drawing off of you, sucking off of you, but no one wants to grow. No one wants to transform in it, and um, nobody wants to come together and say, let's grow together, let's build together, let's outreach together. Um, so I totally agree with you that that certainly can happen. Um, did, would you, do you have anything else you would like to say? Uh well, I can say, God, I just really, uh, really enjoy the message, and uh, just uh, to talk about the oil, uh, just helped me meditate. You know, I'll use that as a, I'll be meditating on that for, uh, for a few days. So thank you. Bless, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. We thank God. Um, we we all need that oil to survive. We need the Word of God in its purest, purest. Um, a state un, not diluted um, and in his sovereign will, according to his sovereign will. Um, and we want to be definitely have that relationship as uh, so rightly Minister Gloria was saying, that relationship with God, that intimate relationship, not just the distant relationship, but that intimate relationship will keep us burning for a long time. And and we it will give us that hunger and that thirst for His Word to to drink from His cup, and that's where we want to be. Um, that, that's just where we want to be. Um, Minister Belinda, do you have any final words that you would like to share at this time? Yes, I was listening to the gentleman, and uh, you know my heart goes out to people when they try and stuff. But you know what? Wisdom will come. And I don't mean that, you know, as high-minded or nothing, because wisdom is important to us in many times and many seasons and in different levels, you know, because no matter what happens, God, if you're faithful to ask God for understanding, he will give you more direction, more understanding, more wisdom. And you know what? I've learned that you got to guard your oil. And like those ladies said, there's a time to give and a time not to. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that by the Spirit of God, Amen. because you will not be drained if you listen to what God is saying. Time, you're not going to give your oil, and there's a time God say impart, and then your the what you give out will be be given to you, that you will be filled up, that your cup runneth over, but it never leaves you dry. Because, you know, when you get the heart of God, it's so overflowing, so much compassion that you mm-hmm. want to go out and minister to this one and minister to that one. And, you know, you want to do. But then wisdom comes in, God says to you, unless God directs the heart. See, that's the learning, learning about the heart of God. Because it, it, they used to tell me uh, zeal when you're young in the Lord. And sometimes they can, like he says, they, uh, uh, it felt like a blanket being put on me to die out that thing. But there's a difference when God comes and says, as you're doing. And I remember when I ran and I was doing, and I mean, I thought the love of God is to help. 
always to help people do this, do that. And one day the Lord said to me, he said, Belinda, what are you doing? I mean, I was trained to have four kids, and I was going, you know, helping this person doing this. If they asked for volunteers, I volunteer. And the Lord said, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean, Lord? And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, when did you die on the cross? I said, what? I don't know why he died on nobody's cross. So then the revelation came to me. God said, Belinda, understand, you're trying to do what only I can do. You're not responsible for that part. If you try to do it, it will never be accomplished because it's not in your power to do it. Only do the measure that I tell you to do and then stop. Amen. Amen. I had to learn to to ask God, okay, you show me when your heart says stop, and I will stop. So the, the, the Lord took the blanket off and said, no, you just need more wisdom and understanding going to be able to go everywhere. You're not going to be able to do everything. You only do the measure God says. And no matter how the outcome looks, know that God, he said his word will not go void. So whatever you give, the seed according to God said will be effective. It may be five years from now, ten years from now, but God's word will not go void. Amen. Amen. And, um, uh, thank you for that, sharing that because it is important that we seek the Lord to know what he wants to do, where he wants us to sow, where he wants us to be, and to do the work of the Lord and not the work of the ministry. Because oftentimes yes. we get caught up doing the work of the ministry and not the work of the Lord. Um, yes, we do have another we do have another caller on the line with us as well. Do, do you have any words you want? Uh, insights you would like to share or any prayer requests. Hi, uh, my name is Lisa. I'm calling from Texas. Uh, uh, the question I have is um, um, because the walk is so different, it's like I've, I felt like I've woken up like uh, come to uh, maybe a couple of months ago and I don't know how certain things got in in my soul, how this got over there, how I don't have to ask for. I mean, I don't know the walk. I don't even know what scriptures I need to be reading um, to uh, do the pathway that God has before me. I don't know a whole lot of stuff. Uh, I'm a beginner. I'm learning, except I know I'm starving because... I, I studied the word. Uh, I prayed in three times a day and studied the word, and now all of a sudden it's backwards. I have to work my way from spiritual milk when I was eating milk, meat. And so now this stuff is real, real difficult for me. And I'm starving, yeah. and I don't know which way to go. And okay. <laughs> just to, to read the word and, and don't know what the revelation was from that point, uh, and finding out that all the resources that I had before are all gone, it's kind of a rude awakening. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so, I do. Uh, I do. And, and 
it oftentimes it's um um i i think um Lita, what I would like to do is pair you with someone in your area that can spend some time with you and walk you through one on one together where you can meet and have intimate prayer and and get that real um rhema uh word that you need to get back on course from where you are now. But I have a few minutes here, so I want to see if you have your Bible there that you can open it up. Yes. Okay. And go to John 1, the Gospel of John 1. Yes. John 1. Yes, please. Verse 3. Um, read in John uh, chapter 1 and read from verse 1 and read in through to 6. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's read through to 9. Okay. In the beginning was was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. That yeah, makes a lot of sense. Amen. Amen. And so... When you read that, how does it make sense? What what does that mean to you? It just means I've I've gone through this deal process, and that I I still feel like I'm in darkness. I haven't got to the light yet, even though others say you're in the light, and I said, well, I don't feel like I'm in the light. Um. Mm-hmm. I am probably in some kind of light, but it's not the true light. Mm-hmm. So I'm still struggling trying to get to the true light that the okay. world does not even know it even exists because okay. they're in some light, but they're not in the light that shines into the darkness. They don't have well, that light. How the did world you know? Comprehend it. How uh, did you know that? How did you know that? Um, some were in the darkness and some were in the light. How do you know that? Because I feel like I'm in the darkness. Even though I'm in some light, but I'm not in the light that God wants me to be in the light. The what, light, what, that, what is light. What does light look like to you? Very bright. Okay. Um, I'm in a dull light. Okay. All right. So does that mean maybe there's some actions that that they are taking that shows 
that there's darkness and there's actions that may be taken that shows that there's light? Oh, yeah. Okay. So when we know that there's actions that were taken that is dark, what do we need to do to get to the light? Minister Jacqueline, what do we need to do to get to the light? I think, first of all, when you come to that that realization and that revelation that you are in somewhat darkness, um, the Bible says that if you, you lack wisdom, that you should apply for it. And if you desire to have the wisdom of the light of life, proceed to ask God for it. And God will show you the areas in your life where there are some things that are dark and the light needs to shine. But I'm listening to you, and you say that you have, you know that you have some light. Obviously, you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, so you are a saved woman of God. And God is yeah. just He's working on you. He's just working on you. So continue to ask the Lord to shine His light on those places in your life where you know that they are dark, and and the Holy Ghost will come and reveal those things to you. And when you're you're sincere, and I hear it in your voice that you want to have the fullness of the light, God will show it to you. But we're gonna all we all have some areas in our life that um, still yet the light more light can be shined in. I will say so. We're all searching ourselves continually, and we will continue to search ourselves until Christ comes. Amen. Because always, That's we're good. all we're all there. We all have those places. But if you desire to have more of the light in your life, you ask God for it. He, the Holy Ghost will reveal it to you and let that you need his help. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. I, I guess I... And, and because if you have that light, you know, if you have that light, that that's, that's a good thing to say because um, if you recognize you have some light, that means that there's hope, right? So you shouldn't be yeah. fearful. You don't. We can't be fearful that we can't overcome because if we have some light, if we have the light of Jesus Christ, we will overcome. We will overcome. And so I'm yeah. going to ask uh, that Gloria, please pray for us. Um, pray. For the body of Christ, we're praying also for the world that the Lord will be that illumined light in us and keep uh, our lamp lit, that it will not go out, that we will be prepared as he has mandated for his coming. Amen. 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 Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for your presence, for your Holy Spirit, dear God, is always with us. Your word says you will never leave us nor forsake us, dear God. And we thank you, Father God, even even for the fact that we've drawn here together, dear God, we wouldn't be here unless it was that Jesus called us here, that he, he lured us and wooed us here, dear God. Especially as uh, we want to look up to our callers, dear God, um, that they would be encouraged that it's the Lord that draws their hearts here, dear God, and the, the very fact that they're even calling in is, is a testimony that the Lord is working in their lives, and they should be encouraged by that. And Father, just, Lord God, we just want to thank you for this lesson that you're teaching us about wisdom. You're teaching us how to be prepared and that we should uh, intentionally and diligently, consistently, dear God, 
seek you, dear Father, that we should continuously draw to you, that we are going through some dark things, dear God, that we're going through a night season, a, a dark season, Father God, but that the, your Holy Spirit, who is the oil of our lives, dear God, he, he just soothes us, he helps us, he comforts us, dear God, he's our healer, our helper in all things, Father God. That your Holy Spirit is with us, Father God. We thank you so much for him. Uh, we thank you that you have sent him. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who you so long for, dear God. We thank you, dear God, for life and living, for the ability to be in the body and to be, to be encouraging to one another and just uh, to grow together in, 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 in the unity of the body and in the, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Father God, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to continue to make us wise, dear God. Make us as the wise virgins, to be always ready, to be always ready, dear God, to be watching, dear God, to be awake, Father God, to be awake in the Spirit. Dear Lord, that we should always be ready for your coming. But in the time of uh, this waiting, Father God, help us, dear Lord, to to be the gospel to others who don't know you, dear God. To be a light in the hurting world, to be a salt in the hurting world, Father God. There's something that we can do during this night season. It's not just a matter of falling asleep while we wait. You cannot fall asleep. You must be awake. And you've created us for good works, dear Father God. And we pray that during this time, we should be such that we can commit to those good works, that you not that Jesus not come and find us asleep, dear God, that, that we use our, our talents during this time and all that you've given us, Father God, that we can pour it out, dear God, in this hurting world, Father God, and allow the Holy Spirit to refresh us and uh, fill us anew daily. Your mercies are new every day, dear God, and we so thank you for that. We pray, dear Father God, for all nations, all people, all tribes and tongues, everyone on the, in the world, dear God, on this planet, that all should be saved in Jesus Christ, that all should look for your coming, dear God, and all should be getting ready, Father God, as one church. In the name of Jesus, we pray for unity for the church, dear God. We pray for strength for the church. We pray, dear God, that we would have a boldness, Father God, to go forth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, no matter where we are, dear God. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit, dear God, that you'll give us the words to say, that you will give us the heart of love that we would need to let others know the love of Jesus, dear God. That all would know, dear God, that you are gracious, you are merciful, you are loving, dear God. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, dear Father God, and help us to be Christ-like, Lord. Fill us with the fruit of the Spirit, Father God, and allow us, dear God, to minister to the world as your servants, Father God, your willing servants. You have purchased us by your blood, the blood of Christ. Help us, dear God, to go forth, to be Christ-like, to spread the love of God in this world, and to be ready like the wise virgins, to be ready when our Lord comes, that we can be united to our Christ. Dear God, we thank you for all, all, dear God, that you are making us to be in Christ for all that you're doing in our lives, that no matter what season it is, dear God, that you are with us. And 
Lord, your word says you'll never leave us nor forsake us, and that we will be ready when the Lord Jesus comes. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And I, I want to thank our, our guests for joining us today. Um, thank you, uh, Brother Greg from Pennsylvania, and also Letha from Dallas. I uh, just want to let you know I do have your numbers. Um, if you don't mind, I would like to reach out to you um, in prayers and also continue to share our programming with you. Um, Letha, I will be contacting you at around 3 o'clock today. Um, to pray with you and also to share a um, phone number with you with someone in your area that can spend some one-on-one time with you there, okay? So, um, we again, we do thank you for joining in with okay. us. And as always, may the Lord God be with you and may he empower and equip you for the days to come. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you all. Amen. And also to join us uh, next Friday at 7 p.m. for our um, prayer. We'll be just, that's all we will be doing is praying. So you're welcome to join us. God bless you. Okay. Thank you. Amen.